You're listening to the Curious About Cannabis podcast. The Curious About Cannabis podcast is brought to you by the generous support of fans just like you. Find out how you can support the show and get access to exclusive content, merchandise discounts, and more at patreon.com slash curiousaboutcannabis. If you want to learn even more about cannabis, check out the Curious About Cannabis book at cacpodcast.com slash book, or check out our Curious About Cannabis online courses and educational events at the Natural Learning Academy at learn.naturalledu.com. Hey, I'm Taurus Batiste, and I'm the author of Don't Let It Smoke You. Curious about Cannabis Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Jason Wilson with the Curious About Cannabis Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in once again. So today I'm really excited to be joined with Taurus Batiste, who just wrote a really, really fascinating book that I'm excited to share with you today called Don't Let It Smoke You. Uh, Taurus, thanks so much for being willing to come on the podcast today. No, thank you, Jason. Happy, happy to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have this conversation because um, the topic of your book is something that I think about a lot, especially, you know, having been in the industry for quite a while now. Um, not many people talk about this idea of what does a healthy relationship with cannabis look like? And mm-hmm. it's just sort of um, assumed that people just figure it out on their own. And it's just not really a conversation that happens. And so when I saw that you published this book, I got so, so excited because one of my very first episodes of the podcast, we brought this topic up of how this issue is something that needs to be talked about and yep. then didn't really revisit it ever again. Um, yep. And so uh, I just, the moment I saw that you published your book, I was like, got to reach out to this guy. We got to talk. This is nice. a really, really great thing uh, that you're bringing up. So um, I guess to, to kick things off a little bit, because I've kind of already spoiled a little bit here. Do you mind sharing a bit about your background and kind of what led to writing this book yeah yeah so um thank you for the info you already shared too so i would say about my background so i i went i went to Cass high school in georgia right um i played sports growing up right went to college played a little bit the professional route as well just a little bit um but during that time of me growing up i kind of i had a dependency with cannabis right i i enjoyed it uh but I didn't really control it. And during that whole time, I was trying to figure out who I was and how often, you know, did I want to use and all this other stuff. So I said, let me just write a book about it. What I was going through, the story that I was going through, the stuff that I was um, accomplishing and the stuff that I wasn't. And I just put all my mess in a message and that's what got me to where I'm at right now. Nice. So this was actually a really like organic expression of what you were going through in the time. Yep. Absolutely. I was just, I remember Jason, I remember just going, I remember as an athlete after I played safety, right? If you know anything about football, we just tackle all day. We don't catch touchdowns. Our touchdowns are tackles, right? Um, But some of those times after practice or after games, I would use cannabis to medicate, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And that wasn't, I used it as an aid. I enjoyed that. Uh, But there were other times that I, um, I shouldn't have done it because it got a, it's here in my other ways and 
and I, and I needed to 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 put it down what I was going through. So I remember after games, that feeling on the plane, I would just write about it, write about it. I want to use, I shouldn't use. You know, mm. I took I took brownies, I took gummies this time. You know, I would just write about it, man. So yeah, yeah, that's what got it started. That's what got it started. That's 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 really uh, awesome that you had that level of self awareness mm -hmm. at that time that you thought to write those thoughts down because. I think what's special about what you've done is that a lot of people probably have these same thoughts, yeah. but they're probably not writing them down and maybe even forgetting, you know, just moving on and, and, and not really um, confronting that. Um, and so, you know, first of all, it's amazing that you, you had that level of introspection and self-awareness to even think to write yeah. that down. And, and what did your, relationship with cannabis look like like did it evolve over time or is it something you just kind of dove into you know um, kind of right away or how did that kind of develop where you got to that point where you're like i'm not really in control of this anymore yeah um so i i, I would say uh so coming out of high school i was getting recruited by ucla and i was getting recruited yeah, by yeah. indiana state right i would go i remember going to ucla seeing those players use cannabis like it was nothing right? Enjoy it. It was a good time. And then I would go to Indiana yeah. State for their recruiting visit and they couldn't use it at all, right? So I mm. was torn between what was right and what was wrong. Um, so that kind of that kind of messed up my, my, my really ability to, to really figure out, you know, is it hurting me or is it helping me? Um, I would say this to, to help you understand, Jason, right after sports was over for me, right? I still had that routine of using when I felt numb yeah, yeah. or when I didn't like something or when something didn't go my way. And then I couldn't, I had to get out that routine, right? I, I couldn't, I had to save more money. I had to do et cetera, et cetera. So had, had to get not, I mean, getting out of that routine was big for me. And, um, and, uh, that's what kind of led me to find my balance. Yeah. And how did your, like, what sort of strategies did you start to, Kind of take on to change your cannabis use and and what does that look like now yeah so i would say the first strategies were like internal why did i use yeah. what made me use and then the next strategy absolutely uh whether i was just alone or yeah. whether i was just using because I, I i needed sleep or whether i was hungry i mean it was totally different reasons right and then i would say so first was internally and next was externally like was i using around my friends just to be cool mm -hmm. Or was I using just with the girls just to get in the, get along, you know? So that was, those were the first two things I did. Um, and then I realized that, uh, you know, it was neither of that. It was just for me and what I enjoyed. And now it moves to the power of when I use. The power of yeah. when I use is big. Um, I don't use in the mornings because it makes me sleepy in the afternoons. So just knowing the power of when and what's behind it is big for me right now. Yeah. And I mean, you're echoing a lot of what I've personally experienced as well. You know, I sure. mentioned right before we started recording that um, even before I got into um, working in analytical labs and stuff in the cannabis industry, I was a medical patient, you know, for years before that. And I went through a similar kind of process of having to realize like, you know, when, how, how is cannabis affecting my productivity? Like one thing I realized um, at one point as I was like, man, I really suck at math whenever I smoke, like, you know, and that's important when you're an analytical chemist and, and having to do calculations and things. Um, 
and starting to realize little things like that um, and then starting to think about, okay, maybe I need to shift my consumption to at, at night and yeah. in, in making some of those adjustments, I ended up learning that a lot of the medical reasons I would use cannabis during the day would still be satisfied if I used at night. Like there was this kind of like longer period of benefit that I wasn't totally cognizant of when I was sure. using cannabis really frequently. For Is sure. that kind of something that you experienced as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm still learning to this day. You know, um, yeah, we all are. Yeah, right. More healthier things are are mapping out. Um, you know, I see you post about it on your page all the time. Cannabinoids are being discovered daily, with with their yeah. with the unique names behind it. Um, so it's not it's not just THC and CBD no more. It's going a lot deeper. So we're I'm just learning daily, and um, I'm still trying to figure out what's the healthiest and best way that I want to use and that I want to use with other people moving forward because it's not just smoking, right? So for sure, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and. And, you know, to your point, talking about like all these different cannabinoids and things we're learning about, one thing that I'm excited about is, and this is especially pertinent to athletes, that, you know, we're learning about different things that affect the endocannabinoid system in different ways. And people that find that cannabis is helpful, well, they may be discovering that there's an issue with their endocannabinoid system. And then that leads into a discussion of like, well, what are other things that influence the endocannabinoid system besides yeah. cannabis yeah. that could possibly like restore yeah. some of that balance? Yeah. Um, and then that leads to really exciting things um, as far as, you know, exercise, meditation, diet, yeah. all these things that people already tell us are good for us. Yeah. But like <laughs> now we have a new understanding of yeah. why they're good for us. Yeah. Um, and, and you mentioned sports, like it's going to be big. It's going to be big. Yes. I mean, I've seen all the sports teams just legalize it. NHL, I think NBL yep. is about to. I know NBA and NFL did. Um, but I just think about me being an ex-player. Like, I would love to have a CBD bath bomb after a game. I would love it. Yeah. I, I yeah. Really would. Or, or I would love to be in the NBA warming up with the CBD gummy in my mouth. Well, nobody knows. They think it's candy or gum, you know? Like, that's where it's right, going. And no one needs to know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, and I can totally – I it just – when I mow the lawn and I come inside, like feeling exhausted from that, right. you know, I know how much cannabis can help just in like helping those muscles ease up or whatever. And I've tried the bath bombs, like, you know, all this kind of stuff. It is, um, I definitely see a place for it and I see it being huge for athletes and, and not just in that sort of rest restoration kind of thing, but also, you know, uh, traumatic brain injuries, especially in yeah, football. Um, sure. For sure. Um, it yeah. is such a big issue. I, I interviewed um, uh, a lady who used to be a nurse, Nikki Lolly, who suffered a traumatic brain injury. And that's kind of become her passion, educating people about cannabis yeah. for treating traumatic brain injuries. Um, but, you know, I see that as a huge thing that potentially cannabinoids may be, you know, sort of a part of the sports medicine toolkit. Yeah. Um, that if someone has a, a hard hit, you know, gets knocked unconscious or whatever, like yep. administer cannabinoids like pretty quickly, try to reduce that inflammation. So, at, you know, yeah, cannabis is here to stay as far as its place within, you know, athletics and, and all sorts of things. And so, yeah, promoting this conversation of like, OK, you have these tools available now. What's the best way to use the tools? <laughs> right. Um, right. So and and. I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, but, and that's what kind of like, 
to bring your podcast into it, the name, that's what kind of makes me more curious. I'm going to spin this conversation a little bit, okay? Yeah. So I think about the youth. I don't think about guys like yep. us who, who went through it, but still more responsible and disciplined now. I think about yeah. the youth. Yep. I think about the youth and they already look up to entertainers and, you know, who are people who perform, right? And then I think about our our structure of how we commercialize and advertise it right now and how it's so scattered. So, and that's when, you know, I'm curious about cannabis and don't let it smoke you merges together, you know? Um, yeah. I'm, I, I don't know what's going to happen, you know? I, I really don't. Uh, if, if you get what I'm saying, you know, I'm not, yes. too, I'm not yep. going too deep into it. But I want to know the difference between my little nephew seeing a CBD sour worm and just a regular sour worm, you know, or yep. or I want to know the difference between my little niece, you know, um, or my little nephew. I'm just going to use him as an example, you know, seeing LeBron with his first CBD contract, but he don't know if it's THC or CBD. You just say, Mom, LeBron, LeBron smokes, so LeBron does it. So you know what I'm saying. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of that, especially being in the black community when 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 cannabis is our go to for sure. You hear about it all the time. Um, I'm I'm curious about where, where that's going to lead the conversation to. I'm very curious about that, too, especially, you know, I have a two year old daughter right now. And so thinking about, you know, how will she be processing all of these concepts? Because it, it is uh, and it's it's like this every generation as far as just things being very different. But it is very, very different than, you know, when like someone like you or me were growing up and being exposed to cannabis and, and how far it's come and all these changes that we've right. seen. You know, they don't have that context at all. They're just growing up into a world where now this is just, you know, a part of society. Yep. It's very open, public. Um, yep. And, you know, I... I wonder the same thing and I'm very nervous. I'm very yeah. nervous because there's, there's so much nuance and complexity to this. Um, and which is one reason why I do the podcast and everything and why sometimes I get a little hate from both sides of the Me aisle too. because yeah, I, I always say that if you're getting hate from both sides, that means you're probably in the right spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's mm -hmm. a good place to be. Um, I agree. But yeah, like how are how are they going to process these things and are the right questions and conversations being had to get them to think about these things? And, and that's yep. uh, that's been one of my concerns. And, and one thing I wanted to bring up, because I noticed in some of your social media posts that you do talk to kids about yep. um, this topic yep. and everything. And so yep. what has been the response been and what are, have some of those conversations with younger people yeah. kind of look like? Yeah, so... Uh, so it's, it's been a little unique. I've spoke to a few kids, a few classes, I'm in a few groups in Georgia, and I've spoke to a few groups in Seattle. In Seattle, kids are learning about hemp in elementary school. Yeah, wow. In, yeah. in Georgia, you better not even talk about hemp. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Been, it's been weird. It's been very, very weird. Um, but kids are using. Kids, kids are using at a young age, whether it's right now, I think vape's pretty hot. Yes, um, yeah. And but but right now, uh, you know, speaking to kids, you can't tell them what to do. Just the more you educate them, you know, about what's the difference between hemp, THC and CBD. What does it really mean in layman's terms? Mm -hmm. They'll be able to pick that up as they move forward and want to use. So that's as much as I can do. I enjoy doing that. Um, and and just like I say, just educate them just a little bit so they can kind of pick it up and go from there. So it's it's fun. It's fun for sure. Yeah. 
And it's it's interesting. Um, you and I have a similar experience in the sense that we have connections to the Southeast. I'm originally from Mississippi. Okay. Um, and and also have connections in Georgia. I actually talk to a lot of people in Georgia fairly regularly. And um, it is a weird, you know, now that I live in Oregon, um, it's such a strange, it's totally different worlds talking to friends and family and folks in the Southeast versus out here and sort of where people are at in, in yeah. thinking about all this. I don't know if you saw Mississippi in classic Mississippi style. Uh, they tried to legalize medical marijuana and then the Supreme Court decided that it was unconstitutional and shot it down, which was really, it, it was really disappointing since, it, especially since it was a voter led ballot initiative. Um, but, you know, especially in states like that where prohibition has been so intense for so long, um, there's a lot more misinformation and stigma and confusion, it seems like than, you know, yeah, that we find out here where medical programs and adult use has been going on for uh, quite a while between Washington, Oregon, California. Um, so it's, I'm glad you, you pointed that out because I think that's something that gets really um, uh, sort of undervalued or, or misunderstood of just how different across the country and across the world, uh, you know, kind of where the conversation's at. And I think sometimes here on the West Coast, we kind of assume that, um, you know, all of this stuff, like, yeah, it's just everyone knows this stuff. It's mm -hmm. common. It makes sense. It's simple. Right. Of course, people know what CBD versus THC is. Right. Um, but that's just simply not the case uh, once you get outside the bubble here. Exactly. Exactly. And it's going to be different state to state. You know, you just mentioned that about Mississippi, yep. Texas, and, and Texas probably won't progress for a long time, but, but Texas... Um, <laughs> Texas just, they're qualified conditions. I don't know if you've just seen them. They just went from 1% to 5%. But all they did was, um, all they did was add like cancer patients and PTSD to the qualifying conditions. You know, so so they basically like put their little toe in the water, you know, to see. Right. So you know, it's going to be so weird everywhere, you know? So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It is. And, you know, and then schools having to figure out you know, how to change drug education programs. And this has been an issue that's been going on for a while, but uh, there's a friend of mine um, that travels around to high schools and colleges and talks about yeah. drug education and stuff and harm reduction. And like um, it, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's so important. And just to have that real conversation of like, mm -hmm. forget, you know, all the, all, you know, the hype that you read online and the propaganda yeah. you get from D.A.R.E., like, just here's the reality. This is what's going on. This is, you know, the real risks, the real, you know, challenges. Um, but the schools are in a weird position. I'm almost like we ought to team up and, and come up with a uh, uh, a program to, to offer high no, schools absolutely. to go around and do absolutely. Uh, and be the or something. Because it's, yeah, I mean, really, like, there's sure. something that there's there's a gap here that is needed to be filled. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely. Um, and, and who's going to fill that gap? It could be pretty terrible if someone like Dare, some organization yeah. like that, just came in yeah. and, and sort of twisted things in the other direction. Because yeah. one thing I wanted to point out in, in talking to you is your your message is not to tell people not to use cannabis. Like that's that's not your message. Not at all. Yeah, not at it's, all. It's just about balance. Yep, and not letting it. I don't like to use the word habit, and not letting it become a dependency. That's it. Yeah. That's it, you know, in, in your terms, in your form, not letting yourself yep. depend on it from moving yeah. forward and becoming the best person you want to be. Simple. 
Exactly. Becoming yeah. the person that you want to be. Something I, so my wife is a mental health therapist and something we talk about a lot is um, when it comes up is cannabis uh, use disorder, which is um, a relatively new concept that got introduced in the newer diagnostic manuals for mental health. Is it health. big out there in Oregon? Is it big? I'm curious. Um, cannabis use disorder? It depends. Um, so like where I live in Southern Oregon, it's a fairly rural area and kind of conservative. Um, and so you see a lot more diagnoses of that in an area like this than um, in some of the more, um, you know, a city like Portland or, or Eugene, the stats are probably, um, you know, the if you were to take into account the per capita population, the diagnoses would probably be less. Um, and I know just from conversations that my wife has had with colleagues and people, other therapists and stuff, the there's still a there's still a big stigma within the mental health community around cannabis use, and there's still a a quite a few therapists that believe there's no such thing as healthy cannabis use at all. Um, and so you still have to work through that. But one of the yeah. things that my wife and I talk about this that gets overlooked is the key to diagnosing cannabis use disorder is that your cannabis use has to be getting in the way of obligations and responsibilities that you yourself value. Um, and so, you know, this idea of like, you know, is your use keeping you from self-actualization, basically, from being who you want to be to keeping up the, you know, the responsibilities and promises you have to people you care about, all this sort of things. And it's, you know, if you if you look up the DSM five, it's really technical language, but that's that's basically what it boils down to. Um, and you know, I think that's great that you just basically mentioned that. It's just like, is this getting in the way of where you're trying to get to? Because if you're using cannabis regularly and it's serving some purpose for your, uh, you know, uh, medical use or even just recreational use, and it's not hurting anything, it's not causing any problems, not preventing anything, and you probably, you know, okay, that's. Yeah. fine good yeah I mean, um, take vitamins all the time uh, every day right thing. yeah exactly yeah so the mental health community is still trying to find their own balance in how to think about about this this sort of thing but i think you're you're uh you're really nailing it on the head and, and do you have any advice for people that are maybe wrestling with some of these um you know same thoughts of like is my, you know, am I using cannabis for the right reasons or, you know, kind of what would, what would be your advice to get them besides buying the book, of course, yeah, um, to sure. get, the, get them kind of on that journey towards true self-actualization. Cause this really transcends anything about cannabis and is really more of a personal psychological, even spiritual kind of, um, issue. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say, um, I would say my advice would be if you feel like cannabis is being an anchor in your life and it's holding you back from moving forward and you want to to move forward in the next steps, I would say the very first thing is uh, figure out why you use. Enjoy it. Take a few days. Use as much as you want. Figure out why you use. And that and that that would be a, definitely a great point to uh, start from for sure. Yeah, I know that sounds kind of backwards, journaling. but yeah, you've got to do some journaling to figure out why internally and externally you use. Is it because mom gets on your nerves and you're in the house with mom or <laughs> is it because, you know, you're just bored at work and home all day because 
nobody's outside and you're just doing it all day. So, you know, just figuring out that will be big. Yeah. Yeah. And what, um, do you have specific, um, trying to think of the right way to, to word this, but like specifically for athletes, um, given that now this is opening up so much and there's not so much concern about, um, you know, uh, consequences of cannabis use and, you know, drug testing and everything is changing a lot. Uh, do you have any specific advice for athletes that, you know, given your experience, you know, kind of the things that they're yeah. dealing with and, and the types yeah. of environments, you know, that they're kind of in yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah. First off, I would say, uh, you know, kudos to athletes. I know they've been waiting on this for a long time. Uh, you yeah. know, just yeah. outside of the opioids, they've been waiting on this for a long time. So kudos to that. Um, but I, I, I would say, uh, figure out a way where you can smoke it, but not let it smoke you. That's big. Especially if you're just not getting into it, you know, it's simple as it, as it is possible. Um, but figure out a way that you can control it and not let it control you. It sounds just like the book, man, but it's so big. It's so big. It's the mantra. It's the mantra, especially if you, you know, if you really enjoy using, just figure it out, you know, and, uh, and other people are watching you too, especially when you're in those, in those shoes, other people are watching you. So, so be weary of that and how you carry that around. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a really great point and looping around to what you were saying before, being cognizant of the fact that you are, and this is something that, like you said, performers, athletes, all sorts of people get told anyway, but, you know, that you are someone that people are looking up to, that kids are looking up to, and uh, recognizing that this is a new thing. Yep. And so how, you know, when you're in the spotlight, how you're handling your cannabis use, it matters because it yep. is influencing other people for sure yeah absolutely yeah i think so too um yeah yep yeah i would say and what that. are you what are you thinking um sort of comes next from this so you've been promoting the book and talking to kids and, and doing things like that what's kind of um uh kind of in your in your future now yeah um so I've, I've actually wrote down, we wrote down six months ago, I want to be the next D.A.R.E. program. Now I think I found my partner. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. I, I found my partner, especially the scientific part. Oh my gosh, I need that. I don't have that on my end. Um, but what, what I really want to do is so, so, so Jason, you know how, you know, cannabis was targeted by, was targeted in the beginning by minority, right? Minority cultures, yeah, right? Getting yeah. locked up, right? So right now, if you pay attention, where they put the dispensaries at are in hoods, right? Are in yeah, hoods. Yeah. So they're not targeting, yeah. they're not locking you up. They're just hitting your pockets now, thinking that, you know, uh, minorities are gonna not make such, you know, not gonna make the best decisions. Let's just say that. They're not gonna make best decisions. So that's why they put these dispensaries in hoods. So I wanna go to these places and not just hoods, you know, anywhere. Yeah, I'll no, walk yeah. now. But I want to find a partner, go to these places and actually really teach, really educate and, um, that's what's next for me. I don't care about pushing a book. I actually want to go there and uh, and teach people how to grow their own. Maybe they mm -hmm. maybe they want to grow their own. You know, yeah. maybe they're like, hey, you know, I don't believe in mass production. You know, I don't believe in cannabis being in Walmart and in Fred Meyer and in, yep. you know, I want to grow my own. And that's where it's going to. That's where it's headed yep. to. Think about yeah, this. Basically. I think about this. I'm going in because I'm passionate about it, my man. I yes. think about this. 
big tobacco, big pharma, big alcohol, or big candy really don't like big candy don't like consumers because everybody can make their own cannabis hemp thing, but big pharma, big tobacco, and big alcohol, they all have a hand in cannabis. Is alcohol good for you? No. Is tobacco good for you? No. So why do you think mass production is going to be so good? It's going to be so tailored with. So people are going to, I'm going to go back to what I was saying. People are going to figure out how to make it themselves, right? Grow it themselves. So I want to be involved in helping people to figure that out. I want to, while we use together, while we use in a healthy way, whether it's papers or whatever, t- tropicals, typical, whatever they want to use. So yep. that's my next mission. Um, I believe I found my partner. Hey, 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 hey. what's up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm, I'm at. So, man, I'm I'm totally down. I'm I'm very passionate about. Uh, I mean, education in general. I mean, that's what I've dedicated my, you know, seemingly my life to. Because I, you know, it's funny when COVID hit. It was like a a curse and a blessing at the same time. Because um, at that point, I was doing a lot of like science consulting stuff, which is cool. I mean, I'm a scientist, and that's fun to do. But it's it's I wouldn't say it's something I'm like super passionate about. Um, it's just it's what paid the bills. Um, but then when COVID hit, all my consulting work just like instantly vaporized. Mm. And then I was like, okay, so what do I do now? Um, how do I carve my path forward? Uh, especially as someone who's self-employed and entrepreneurial, like how do I figure that out? And I've always taught. I just I love teaching. I, it's just something I I just love it. Every science type job I've had. I've always been teaching on the side, trying to teach people about what I'm doing or, you know, something related to the work that I'm doing. And so pretty much last year, the full commitment was made. I was like, all right, I'm teaching, like I'm teaching workshops. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, continuing the podcast, doing more podcasts, Absolutely. just diving in. And so, um, yeah. And, you know, like you're pointing out, like this isn't just about sort of the typical cannabis communities that we kind of think about. You know, already we're talking about kids. We're talking about people in marginalized communities that you know don't necessarily have access to some of the resources to even you know get access to information about some of the stuff. Yeah, like yep. that all gets me extremely, extremely excited. Yep. And we're so, talking about absolutely, parents. we're talking yes, about parents who yeah. just who jumped now, who just now jumped on the wave because they was afraid of it back then when people were getting locked yep. up. So, it's so many people out there, man, who just don't know. You yeah, know, I'm my mom, she just doesn't know. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about, you know, people I know back in Mississippi and a lot of my education stuff I do, even on the podcast, a lot of times I try to think, what if I was talking to one of them and understanding where they're coming from and their background of basically thinking that this was evil for the longest period of time. And now over the past several years, they're like, oh no, CBD and oh, you know, and learning more and more. I mean, right. my parents, my, my gosh, like there was a time, uh, this is a story I've never told on the podcast, but there was a time when I was in college where I sort of quote unquote came out about my cannabis use to my parents. Cause I, I was a skateboarder when I was a teenager. So I screwed up my body in big ways, uh-huh. um, uh, multiple spinal cord injuries and stuff messed up my neck. And so I discovered uh, fairly early on that cannabis was pretty helpful um, in dealing with a lot of that. Cause there were days where I couldn't even move. Like my back was spasming and I just literally couldn't walk. And so realizing that cannabis like gave me a certain quality of life back, I was like, okay, this is probably something that's not going to go away. So I need to tell my parents about it, but this is in Mississippi back in 2000 and 
eight or nine or something, um, which doesn't seem that long ago. But uh, the laws, things, culture has changed a lot in the past yep. ten years. Um, and at that time, um, I mean, this was something that once I told my parents that I'm like, yeah, I use cannabis, and I'm probably going to use it, you know, indefinitely. I mean, my mom started crying. My dad was like threatening to kick me out of the house, mm -hmm. out of the family. Yeah. Like this was like one the worst yeah. news that they that they could hear. And it took years and years and years of repairing that relationship and exposing them little by little to more information, um, them seeing me and recognizing and going back to the, the heart of this conversation, me recognizing that my own cannabis use was influencing them. And so like, what did they see in me as knowing now that I'm a cannabis user, what do they see? And do they see me being productive and actualizing my goals and, you know, yep. being moving forward and over time yep. they did see that and so it changed but it, it took it took time and so i always keep in the back of my head like there's still lots of people in that same place that my parents were in six years ago seven years ago eight years ago um that they're still there now and uh, so it takes a certain amount of sensitivity and yep. nuance to, to have that conversation to do it in a mature way and to try to keep in mind that people are coming at this from very different angles. And it's okay. Like their reactions are going to be their reactions initially. And like to not get caught up in that and to just be that kind of calm, you know, it's like, we're just going to keep working through things and your questions are very important. And we're going to, you know, just try to come to some better understandings together. And, um, yeah, there aren't a lot of people taking on that work, I feel like. That's a very big project that um, is largely ignored. So all of that rambling is to say, yes, I am I'm with you on that. Anytime I can be a resource to help um, educate, and especially folks that um, will benefit the most from the education. You know, I get tired of teaching people that already know a good bit about cannabis and mm -hmm. are just trying to like figure out those little details that they, yep. you know, are missing. I really like t working with the people that really don't know much of anything and are genuinely um, curious, but a little skeptical. And, you know, uh, a lot of times those people ask the best questions I've found um, questions I would have never thought to address. For sure. um, so yeah, I, yeah, that's my long-winded way of saying absolutely, um, I'm there. And um, I know that you do much more than just um, you know uh, you know the book and this uh, cannabis stuff. So what else do you have uh, going on in your world? Yeah, um, so I uh, like I said, I live out here in Seattle now. Um, I've been helping. I started a brand called Brass Droppers about uh, four years ago now. And yeah. uh, that was really started to help educate and uh, really um, inspire others to be safe with the firearm. So uh, we nice. we enhance like we're big. Everything's about safety, and we, we're speaking to beginners too. Um, so yeah. out here in Seattle, I've been you know educating people in their homes and some at the range. I've been educating them on firearm safety and really helping them you know operate their firearm nice. in a safe manner. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. I mean, that's uh, you have this uh common thread that seems to weave through um the work that you do of uh, trying to educate Turner. people to be safer in whatever that yeah. they're that they're yeah. doing that's cool and, 
or turn a negative into a positive. You know, people look at firearms yeah. in a different way too. Um, you know, my, my mom would say, my, what's my mom told me, she said, does everything have to be about weed and guns with you? So I'm like, no, don't look at it like that. Like, don't look at it like that. Uh, you know, so uh, we're still trying to educate her too. Um, yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've had the same thing. I've had people ask me like, why is everything you do about drugs? And I'm like, <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's an important thing that people need to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So, so we definitely need to get out here, Jason. And we definitely need to teach people that you can be a professional and you can consume however you want. Cause there's tons of people out here doing it. You may not see it because they, they're micro dosing in other ways yeah, on their way yeah. to work or whatever. But um, there's tons of entrepreneurs out here who use just as much as you, the, the little kid, the little girl, whatever. There's tons of people out here. They're just tailored their life in a systematic way that it can work for them. And that goes back to the power of when. And that's exactly if you need to figure it out as an individual, when you can use it and just tailor a system for you so you won't let it control you from moving forward. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's. That sounds uh, really awesome. And it is, once again, I guess, coming from the South, I often uh, underappreciate how um, how guns are looked at in, in some places. Um, yeah. But um, that that's, I really like that, the the brass droppers. And where did that name come from? Yeah, so if you ever, uh, you ever shot a gun before, I'm sure you have. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So when you shoot yeah, so the shells. The shells that falls out, brass yep. droppers. Nice. So. That's where it kind of came from. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We was like, hey, let, let's talk about all the positive shooters out here. Let's talk about all the bodyguards who never shoot themselves and they just get yep, overlooked. Yep. Let's talk about the, the the Second Amendment owners or the Second Amendment people who believe in the Second Amendment and, uh, you know, who never get into any type of safety altercation. So yep. let's put it more in a positive light and highlight them. So that's what we did with Brass Droppers. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, the way I was taught is it's a you have to look at it as a tool, yep. and um, you know the generally the most mature responsible gun owners very rarely ever actually have to fire their gun um, because they also are educated in de-escalation techniques and all sorts of things, mm -hmm. um, and so that's you know it's not something that they're they're quick to do. It's usually the untrained uh gun owners that are the ones that uh because they don't have any muscle memory or anything they just right. make bad decisions in the moment For sure. um and yeah well um this is awesome i'm really excited to keep following up with you and yeah. especially now that covid is kind of um waning a little bit at least here in the united states i know it's not the case everywhere but yeah um, cases are dropping quite a bit i'm now fully vaccinated um, so I'm actually able to travel again, which is kind of nice, nice, um, to start to, to be able to get out in the world again. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to have to pay you a visit in Seattle sometime soon. It's not, yeah. it's only, it's, it's only about six hours or so drive. Um, it's not, yeah, it's not that way. far away. I've made it before. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm down for that. Any type of events in Portland, any type of events in Seattle, let's just go to them together. Um, we're pretty much talking around the same thing. Let's just go check them out. Events around cannabis. That's what I'm talking about. Let's just go to them yeah, together yeah. And, uh, and start making our impact there. Um, I would love to get you in a brass dropper shirt now that I know you're into guns. Yeah, man. Yeah. I would like it. For if sure. you want the website, let me know which one you like and I'll shoot it over to you. All right, man. Yeah, that sounds great. Yep. 
Well, this has been a, a really great conversation. It's been awesome to to meet you face to face beyond the Instagram and Likewise, mm -hmm. um, to get to know you. I really look forward to meeting you in person. I have a feeling we'll we'll get along really well. Um, yeah, sure. So thanks so much for coming on the podcast. And before we wrap up, um, let people know uh, where to find your book and really anything else you want to share with our listeners. I'll basically um, hand over the platform to you. Yeah. Um, so where to find the book? You can find it on Amazon. Type in Don't Let It Smoke You. You can also go to cleverchief.org. Um, okay. It'll, it'll pop up there. That's more information that I typed about. You know, some of some of them are funny stories about me. Um, I like to call that edutainment, education and entertainment. Yep. So you can go to cleverchief.org. Um, the last thing, if you're interested in Brass Droppers gear, I know I spoke about it a little bit. You can go to www.brassdroppers.com. And uh, feel free to shoot me an email at don't let it smoke you at gmail.com. If you're like, hey, um, I know what you said about making a system. I know you said about the first things about smoking. But if you want to go into a little deeper, a little deeper conversation with me, hit me up at don't let it smoke you.com and it will go from there. Nice. That's awesome. Well, it's yeah. great that you open yourself up like that. And yeah, sure. anyone listening, um, uh, you know, one thing I'll throw in here is it is extremely common to have conflicted feelings about um cannabis use and uh, all sorts of things but you know i uh, had a conversation with uh, someone else about this fairly recently someone that that recently stopped using cannabis after going through kind of a re reflectionary period um and it's it's something i just want to keep repeating that if you're having these sort of conflicted thoughts with yourself about your own use that's mm -hmm. not uncommon and it, that know. is totally you know uh, we need to destigmatize talking about that Absolutely. You know, we, we we're working on destigmatizing a lot of things around cannabis. And certainly we want, you know, cannabis to be destigmatized and people talk about it more. But we also need to destigmatize talking about some of the negative aspects and all in an effort to move towards a better, uh, you know, more mature, safer, uh, you know, future for everybody. Right. Um, so, yeah, just know you're not alone. And these are no. very common thoughts and there's a pathway forward and it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to quit cannabis. You just nope. need to get in touch with yourself yep. and understand where you're trying to go. Exactly. Exactly. Well said. Most excellent. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, well, Taurus, um, this has been great. Everyone listening. Yeah. If you want to learn more about curious about cannabis, you know where to find us CACpodcast.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube. <laughs> all of the above um cool. but with that everyone out there stay curious and take it easy bye-bye if you want to learn more about cannabis check out the curious about cannabis book on amazon.com and other major online book retailers 